0: Hey, good morning, everybody. Happy New Year. Year. We didn't have church here in a while, but I remember they they closed down the building once, so it wasn't open. And we had to tell you guys when we're in New Mexico, like, hey, there's no building service today. Sorry, sorry. (laughs) I was in Albuquerque, you might speak at the church there, and I'm like, huh, what happened? And uh, you know, it does happen from time to time. Many are wondering probably why the gate was not open again. The Bible says to me the salt of the earth, so I was salty this morning. <laughs> you know, it's not open again. I'm assuming because the uh, the sacred fields of Pleasant Valley shall not be harmed by soccer cleats, because they should be having tournaments right now, but that's uh, why I wanted to close it down. Well, this morning, uh, you know, yesterday we had a, an influencers group meeting, and we had songs, and we spoke. And this lesson is a little bit like yesterday's lesson. So if you were there yesterday, I added some more, but if it's the same message I wanted to give you. I wanted to give the entire church. If you're listening online with us, thanks for joining in, our brothers and sisters uh, who are at home and, and doing this. This is being recorded, so if you want to uh, listen to it again or listen on, on a podcast, listen to it through our website at shorelinecoc.com. You can just get the audio version, or if you're really cool, you go up to YouTube along with your other other uh, things that you watch. You can watch these uh, lessons as well. These I wanted to talk about our, our focus for the year, and one of the predominant ideas that we've been promoting, encouraging. If, you, if you've been with us for the last year and a half, we're really focused on loving people loving God and loving others. That's really the, the, the two of the greatest commandments that Jesus summed up when they asked him and all the hundreds of commandments in the Old Testament, which one is the most important? And Jesus summed it up for us because he knows that you know we can go everywhere. Because I want you to focus on two things, your love and passion for God with all your heart, mind, and soul, and also your love for those around you, your neighbors. It be your, your wife, your husband, your, your children, your, your, your neighbor, your work partner, people you need to go to school with. I mean, there's so many neighbors that we have in our world. And God, what, what he does is he supernaturally puts people around you, hoping that you'll notice the Holy Spirit working. He'll, he'll do stuff like that. And they'll come in your world, maybe for a month or a week or a, maybe a year, and then they're gone again. It happens. That's our relationship. Neighbors found. PTA meetings come and go. The kids go from junior high to high school. I want to thank Ryan Figueroa for leaving our high school class. Woo-hoo. Appreciate him. Raising him up.
1: You know, the Bible has three
0: predominant ideas of, of a relationship with God. One is to have faith. That God is God. He created everything. He's awesome. And we need to believe that. And God is the ruler of, of the earth, of the heavens, of the cosmos. The other one is to have hope. He, he'll deliver us. That he will rescue us, that he will not leave us in peace, right? From that lesson. But the greatest of the acts, the greatest of the, the, the focuses that God wants is love. It is the greatest of the three. We need to have faith and we need to have hope. But the greatest of these three is love. Now, I wanted to start off because when you read your Bible in the Hebrew, it changes how you read your Bible. Now I don't know Hebrew, but I have a, a software that reads Hebrew for me and puts it in the Hebrew. Oh, that's what means. So when you look up, when God made the birds and when He made the creatures, He used the word nefesh. When He when He made mankind, He uses the same word nefesh. living being, living creature. It's the same language. In other words, what gives the animals life? Is what gives us life. You're thinking, I thought animals didn't have a soul. God made, us, made them all the same. The difference between us and the animals, you may wonder. We don't taste as good as them, but we eat them. But there's a difference because God made mankind in his image. He made us in his image. In other words, that we have the ability to reflect, represent the Creator God. The animals do they're just animals. We have that image. And God calls us to be these images. So, what I wanted to look at was one of the qualities of images. Now, I'm going to first give you the qualities that He does not share with us, there are things that God does not share with His creation. There's a difference between us and God. God does not share his holiness because God is perfect in character. We're not. God is immutable. Immutability. God does not change in any way. His essence is always the same and will always be exactly the same. Psalm 90, Malachi 3, Hebrews 13. God is infinite. He doesn't share that with us either. He's God without measure, without limit, without scope or duration. God is omnipotence. He's capable of performing anything he desires. Psalm 33, Isaiah 40. Omnipresence. He's in all places places, at all times and in all dimensions simultaneously. Nothing in the universe exists outside of God's presence. He's also omniscient. He's perfect, has complete knowledge. He never learns, he never forgets. He knows that all things exist, all things could could have existed through him. He cannot grow in knowledge, he cannot grow in understanding, and he cannot grow in wisdom because he knows it all. He's also self-existent, self-sufficient, transcendent. Now, there are some qualities of God that he does share with us, and I want to share that with you. Here's what God shares with us. We can see the screen. I'm sorry if I'm blocking your way. But God shares his attribute of goodness. Being good can only be understood in the relationship to God and his characters. Humans can be good in relation to one another, but the standard is subjective. Therefore, true goodness is understood in light of the revelation of God in his word. We can emulate goodness, the goodness of God, but never be perfectly good. That is until we become disciples of Jesus. And God looks us as His righteousness, which is why we become disciples.
1: God also shares the attribute of hate.
0: You ever get angry? It fills your heart with hate at one point. I know I have. We have that attribute. It comes from God. God is a jealous God. God hates things. Doesn't like things. He does it righteously and with perfect judgment and knowledge. However, we often hate unrighteously. And we often have a lot of ignorance to our hate. Then there's God shares with us this attribute of justice, where God always does what is perfectly right according to his will, and we do not behave perfectly. We can be lawful, and in doing so, we can emulate God's justice. He also gives us knowledge. But the attribute that I want to focus on this morning is the attribute of love. That God gave us the ability to love. And I want to look at what love is. The Bible describes exactly what love is. Now, it tells you what it's not in this verse, but it tells you also exactly what it is. It says love is patience, And when you think about your love, is it patient? The the Greek word is long-suffering. Are you a patient person with those who are around you? Because love is patient. It's the first thing that Paul mentions when he talks about love. Are you patient? Love is kind. Kindness is one of the things that impact people the most. When there's an act of kindness, it's done. People are like, oh, thanks. I wasn't expecting that. Kindness is a powerful attribute of love. And then it says, here's what it's not. It's not envious. It's not this. It's not bad. It's not. Then he goes, okay, here's what love is love rejoices with the truth. Love protects. Love trusts. Love hopes. Love perseveres. He uses the words always, constantly, because love never fails. Now, there's a difference between knowing how to love and actually loving. We can read many books about what love is. And then we can actually live what love is, and the Bible has this has this phrase in in uh, in, the, in, in his in letter to the Corinthians. Who are having a hard time, he says, "Yeah, you may know a lot, but it won't impact people. What impacts people and what builds people, what what the gift that God wants to give is your ability to love, because love builds up. It builds up. You know, when we start to Bible with people." We go through a Bible study series, and we're trying to give them information on what it means to be a Christian, how to be a Christian, how to love God. But what imp- what impacts people who study the Bible the most is the person who's studying with them is actually loving them. Outside of this little information study series that we give them, they're spending time with them. They're praying with them. They're crying with them. They're being open with them. I mean, it's a relationship. That's what love is, That that builds up. It's powerful. Sometimes people just love truth. I just want the information. They also want love. I may not say it, but they want to be loved. And love is a building block. Love connects. Now, God's pretty amazing because he just didn't give us these attributes. He also gave you a gift. The Bible describes it this way in 1 Corinthians uh, 12 verse 4. It says there are different kinds of gifts. Like God's given every one of us his gifts. He gave it to everyone, every human. Now whether they use it for God or not is a different story. Now we became disciples and we realized we have this gift. Now we want to use it for the kingdom. right? And there are a lot of people who have a lot of great gifts. But now that you're a, you're a Christian, you're thinking to yourself, okay, I have this gift. What is my gift? Well, there are different kinds, but it's the same spirit gave me. There are different kinds of service, meaning you can use your gifts for things, but it's the same God. There are different kinds of working, but all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work with your gift. And he says it again in Romans chapter 12 says, we have different gifts. This is Paul writing two different churches. They didn't have the you know, email back then. So he had to like write it again and give it to them and hand it over to them. And they read it at church over and over again. it says, we have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. In other words, you have the gift that God gave you. If your gift is prophesying, in other words, speaking about God, then prophesying in accordance with your faith. If your gift is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, man, do it cheerfully. Now I want to encourage you this morning. I want you to think about What gift did God give you? Now, some of us may have more than one gift. Amen. You may be the guy that has three gifts. That's great. But what gift did God give you? And I want to encourage you to use your gift. You don't need my permission to use your gift. You don't need anyone's permission to use your gift. God gave you the gift. He's already given you permission. And I want to encourage you to try to use your gift that benefits God in his kingdom. Because what we want to do is help God save mankind. That's what we want to do. So God gave us gifts to do that. Some of it may be just be helping out in church. Some of it may just be helping out the people that are in your world. He gave you the attribute of love. And he also gave you gifts. And then Peter writes this. He's writing to the churches. That are going through a difficult time in the province of Asia. They're they're going through a difficult time. Look what it writes to them. Each of you should use it's a choice. You ought to use whatever gift you've received to serve others. God gave us a gift to serve others. Maybe you're good with kids. Serve others. Maybe you're good at talking in front of other people. Serve others. Maybe you're you're a great encouraging person. Serve others. As faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, as Ryan's doing right now uh, with our team ministry, they should do it as one who speaks the very words of God. We should use the Bible, right? If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength. God provides. So that in all things, it's God that he may be praised through Jesus. Why is it so important to use our gifts? Why is that important? Because God has a mission for the church. He has a mission, a purpose for us. Once we became disciples, we, we took the heart of God and God, what can I do? God will hey, look, This is what I want you to do. It's love me and love others. And when you read this this, this Bible verse of making disciples of all nations, in the mind of Jesus, he's talking to the Jewish apostles. And the 70 nations that are in Genesis 10, he's all, those are the nations and their known world. that God says, I want you to go into those nations and reclaim them back for me. Now we look at that, we see 275 nations, but in the Jewish mind, it was 70 nations in the book of Genesis chapter 10. That was important, because God disinherited those nations and started with Abraham. He goes, I want to claim the nations. That's why he says, go and make disciples of all nations, both Jewish and Gentile. Go and make disciples and baptize them the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. If you've been around a little while, you might be tired of hearing that. Been around almost 30 years. It's the same message. 30 years from now, it's going to be the same. It's not going to change. God's like, you're going to love me, love others, and go to the disciples. It's going to change. So if you're new, you're like, ah, this is awesome. But if you're around 30 years, like, <laughs> yes, you have. Because God is not going to change that. He's trying to rescue humanity. There's this, there's this verse in the book of Acts that says, when the time of the Gentiles, when the number of Gentiles is complete, in other words, in God's mind, there's a number. How many people are going are to make it? And then the end comes. In God's mind. He says it right there. When the fullness of the Gentiles is reached, that's the quote, then the end will come. But we don't know that number. We don't know the amount only God. So what he's asking us to do, he's asking you and me, he's asking, look, I'm giving you my attributes, I'm giving you my gifts, I want you to be purposeful. Live an intentional life. Let me give you some characteristics of the follower of Jesus. Some of us might be a little rusty The dust. You know, we had COVID, we're in our houses for a long time, we're barely getting now, or, you know, we're, we're, you know, school's almost back in full order. Some kids like online, but you know, hopefully they get back to being students. A disciple of Jesus enjoys helping others spend time with Jesus, studying the Bible with them, reading the Bible with them, praying with them. A disciple enjoys that. He enjoys that. A disciple believes and practices this mission of disciple making, and it's made through love. It's made how we love people. It's relationally based. Don't forget about the the, the attribute of love. These disciples, it's a characteristic. They love others as they are, but it influences them to be more than they were. You're calling people up, but you're doing it through love. They show others how to obey Jesus. They create space, a margin in their schedules to do this. If you don't make the margins, you won't do it. Maybe there's some things we have to cut out to make the margin. Maybe our schedule is so full, we have no room. We just use your geo. Just be thankful I'm here on Sunday, My call to you is to create a margin. So you don't feel like the only thing I can give God is a Sunday by Sunday attendance. Maybe there's a margin where you can create a space where you have a balanced life because who wants to live a hurried life. You can't do it all. Something's got to get, right? When you create a margin, you're saying, I'm going to make time, I'm going to give energy, and I'm going to use my resources for God's kingdom in whatever form that God uses you. The Holy Spirit is going to be using the masses in a way, the morals in a way, that he's always moving you in different directions. It's not going to be all the same, but he gives you the principles of what's the goal. The goal is to love, and the goal is to make disciples. That's the goal. And the, and the how-to God gives and sprinkles the church with all these gifts so we can independently and collectively make an impact in our community. That's how God designed the church. It's not, you know, everyone's like the same, we are with, love our, with the love of our God we are. The mission we are, but then the how we do it and how we express that is the gifts that God has given you. Isn't that awesome? It's been, my love is going to look a little bit different than how Gavin does. It, right? Gavin's saving lives every day, Monday to Thursday or whatever, Tuesday through Sunday. He's saving lives, right? And he's meeting people constantly in the most toughest situation of your life, right? He's there. You know, how can God use that? I don't know, but God's using that gift, right? God is using your gifts now. Now the Holy Spirit wants to awaken and uh, awaken your senses of what God is doing around you, even the simplest things. And I always share the story: I sold my Honda, and God brought shop. I mean, now his daughter's a disciple. Um, Brooke has been the Bible; she's awesome. She's bringing her friends. I mean, and that's just selling a car. <laughs> 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 I was just trying to make money out of (laughs) it. And here's God getting shot. It's amazing. And I love sharing that story because it just shows us that God is always working, even through financial transactions. God is working, right? How do we do this? Is that we have to love Jesus. Now I've been watching The Chosen. If you haven't watched the Chosen, I really encourage you to watch the Chosen. Like I just watched this chosen about when he when he said when he preached his first sermon in his hometown, and he read the scroll and, he, and it's in Luke 4, and he read it and he says, This has been fulfilled today. And then they asked him, Why haven't you finished that verse? Because that, that the very last part of that passage is that the vengeance of God toward the Gentiles. He goes, No, we're not doing that. We're going to love the Gentiles and they go, What? And they kick him out of the synagogue, and they take him to the brow of the hill to throw him off. And these are his friends he grew up with, his childhood friends he grew up with. We're going to throw him off the cliff. And he looks at his friend and goes, Not today. And he walks to the ground because in Jesus, when he was trying to tell his closest friends, you got to love me. And sometimes we have to remind each other. We have to love We gotta love God and we have to love people and love that story about Jesus. One way to do that, you're like nervous like geo, I'm not sure what my gift is. I'm not sure. You can like you can like order food nowadays and deliver it to your house. Yeah. You can eat. My daughter is at constant. <laughs> you can break bread with people and not have to like even cook. <laughs> Imagine inviting someone over to your house and you're breaking bread, but you can't cook. You're not you're not like a chef. with some of the sisters in here are like, ooh, <laughs> I and step, a salt You're not that person. Fine. You can literally buy food and break bread together. That's one of the most practical ways to impact people is have someone over your home or meet them somewhere and break bread on your treats. Isn't the courage when you want to lunch and they off and expect unexpectedly and buy your lunch for you? Like, oh, I, I, you kind of go for the wall and you kind of fake for like, oh bro, are you sure? Are you sure? You realize? yeah, thank you, bro. I love you. But you kind of, kind of the wallet gesture. At least I do, at least I'm trying to like, oh, I'm willing to pay. But I'm so grateful you all, right? <laughs> Don't you feel like that? And it feels encouraging. You're like, wow, this is awesome. And then you don't go crazy too much on the menu. You're to be respectful. i <laughs> not going to go, hard. I'm, not going to go I'm going to, I'm going to Right? It's one of the most easiest ways to have an impact on people and get to know people. Is just breaking bread. Maybe it's just with your coworker. Having lunch with your coworker. You know, if you're, if you're married, you got to think more than a college student. A college wakes up and he's got 55 people he can make friends with. If you're married and a job you know work 40, 50 hours a week, you have to like think about how do I do that? It takes more thought when you're married and have kids. It just does. Your your margins are, are slim, so you got to make the time. You got to think about. it. When I was in college, I didn't have to worry about thinking about, I would just go to campus, there's plenty of people there to to invite and make friends with plenty. So what I wanted to show you was this is one of the best practicals. And look what God does. God adds because they're loving others. They're loving God. And there's some kind of there's some kind of a spiritual energy that comes from being together over a meal together. Breaking bread together. Yesterday we broke bread together. Some of, some of you were there. It was amazing. I don't know about you, but last night I was like, wow, oh, a great supper. So <laughs> I had like, I like, like I I do. you know, you felt this like I gave and I poured out my heart that day. And you kind of like, i usually I feel that on Monday, you know, but it was like Saturday night. I am like, we go to the gym, Lord, just do it. Right? So I told Karen I felt like it was churches so today in Here are three things I think are key. That I want to leave you with this morning. Being effective, being effective is to act intentionally with love. Act intentionally with love, and sometimes that just being aware of people, of needs of people around you. You kind of may know, hey, someone lost a relative, someone that you kind of have a general little awareness of people that are in your world, you do life with. You kind of know what's sort of going on your what the person is going on there. That's when you act intentionally. Like, I appreciate my uncle passed away. I got some calls from brothers and texts. I was like, thanks, man, I appreciate that. I went down to Orange County and we had a great memorial service from my uncle at Waterville and it was awesome, just to kind of, even the little simple texts. Like, thank you, bro, I appreciate that. It just felt, it just felt loving. And we have to act intentionally on that, okay? That's intentional. So that means that you're thinking about it, you're you're aware, or you're making yourself aware, and you're ready to act. It may come in surprising timeframes. When it's uncomfortable for you, get ready to be intentional. It rarely works out when you have this time margin down. Okay, I'm going to work on my Saturday. It rarely comes on Saturday. It usually comes on Monday when I'm like, man, I had a long day. My boss was yelling at me. And now, yes, that's when we act intentionally. It rarely comes on the days when you're like, God I'm ready, please intentional. It's always on the days that you're you're maxed. So be ready to act intentionally. Number two, it's relationally based. You're, you're building a relationship. Don't be so quick. Say, like, God gotta go to church, I was like, no, build a relationship. When it's appropriate, you bring them in. Your church, but you're trying to build a relationship. You're really trying to build something. That, and this person, you know it. He's in your world. You're building a relationship. You know, when I became a Christian, I'm, I came to church on January 2nd was my first service in 1994. I was baptized on January 9th, 1994. You might have thought, oh, you said the Bible a week. No, I was in the Bible since October. And I never went to church. Not that I didn't want to come to church, you know, it was NFL, it was NFL season, so I was like, church wasn't that attractive on a Sunday. But Ernie Masuto, Brandon Pelsmaker, Pierre Hernandez, just passed away, blessed his heart, his disciple. Um, Rick they studied me for months. I was dating a girl it was committed to. I was, it was very complicated for them. I said, I'm sorry, guys. I have to try and I came to one people, but they studied the Bible with me. And then I came to church. I said, well, it's a pretty cool church. And then the minister just, who's ready to get baptized? And I'm like, I'm ready. Because I done all the studies. I was ready. And I came to church. All the work was done. Wait for it at church. I'm not saying that's the only way of doing it. I'm just saying that's my story, but it gives me insight going like, hey, I can build a relationship with someone and really help them become a Christian. It may take time, but it's, it's for me, it was relationship-based. These guys became my friends, and they're still my friends. Bert was the best man in my wedding. Brandon is no longer a Christian, but I, I text him every year to thank him for extending the Bible with me. Bernie's still a Christian. I, I Every January night, thank you for sharing with me. And being my friend and they're my friends to say I just saw one a marriage a marriage tree in November he is awesome it's amazing and they took time to do that And lastly they share about the transformation that God's done with them. That's when it gets down to real life in your, in your in your disciple making is that you get to share the transformation of you. Your transformation, what God has done to you, you share it, your story. That's powerful. That is powerful. And these are three little tips and principles I want to give you as we look forward to this year, learning about how to fall deeper in love, but learning how to love others and making the margin for it, and making the space for it. Let's uh, go ahead and bow our heads and take our communion. About these things, that we have a moment of silence for that. Well, God, thank you so much for uh, giving us attributes that you shared with us. And we understand we don't have all of them, we have some really good ones. And we're glad that you gave them to us, and we're glad that we can use them for your glory, your benefit. And God, we uh, ask you that you would fill us with. And your Holy Spirit, help us to be aware not only of your presence, the Holy Spirit's presence, but the work that you're doing. Um, Help us not just think about you on on Sunday. God, think about you on a Monday Tuesday. Think about you when our days are long and difficult. Uh, Help us think about you when we're suffering and when we're happy. Thank you so much, God, for being patient, kind, and always trusting, always persevering, um, and always protect you. you are truly our God. And we love you for that. it's Jesus, let me pray. Amen. At this time, I wanted to uh, have another slide. Here. We're going to get into our contribution. Um, and I read this great book um, it's called The Act of Grace, The Power of Generosity to Change Your Life, the Church, and the World. And it has a really good theological explanation and teaching on on giving, Paul in the writings, uh, and so does Peter. Everyone, all the New Testament writers are always drawn from the Old Testament. In the Old Testament, the main theme was generosity, to bless others. You know, you look after the poor and the weak and the needy. And there's this is there's this there's this attitude that are going to bless others. Which I found interesting because that impacts people when you're generous with them. You know, when you're generous with others, like it, it has a it has a definite impact. So. Proverbs is unified in the analysis of it, it offers of the hearts. This is what the, it sums up with summation of the summation of the Proverbs. The wise and discerning person has a heart that fears the Lord. In other words, that they're fearful in the sense of his awesomeness. Right? That's what the Proverbs teach. And the fool does not. It doesn't really, it doesn't really matter to me uh, what God thinks or who God is. And so, uh, when Paul writes this, it's powerful because it's drawn from the Old Testament. You know, this. this remember this. Whoever sows sparingly also will reap sparingly. When it comes to whether it's a relationships or money, it's, it's, a, it's a great principle. If you're not giving to others, you, you're, gonna, you're not going to reap something back. Don't, don't expect to have a good windfall of encouragement. And whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Now, each of you should give what you've decided in your heart to give. Now, this is where you come into play. You should never feel coerced to give. You should never feel compelled to give or even pressured to give. Because the the act of giving in the New Testament is the act of graceful giving. God wants to tap into you. That's so why the Bible doesn't talk a lot about tithing in the New Testament. It's, it's kind of sprinkled in there, but it doesn't give a big emphasis. And here's why because sometimes tithing is not even being generous. So, generosity is, is a much bigger, much bigger idea. I'm not saying that to say give one. What I'm not to you is that God's trying to move you to be generous. He's always doing it. Maybe sneak in here and buy someone a meal. That's generous, right? You should decide what you're giving. You decide. If you're married, decide with your wife, right? Not reluctantly. Not under compulsion. Free. Free to give. Here's my ask as your minister. Pray about that. Pray and spend time about that. Because he's asking you to, to... You should give what you've decided in your heart. And that comes from your relationship with God. You should pray about that. I remember last year I asked you guys to pray about special missions constitution. That's all I asked. Is pray and give whatever is on your heart, and we did amazing. But half the church didn't even give, and I'm asking you to pray. And then God works through you. God, this is God's church. I don't need to manipulate you or coerce you or do some razzle dazzle to make you give more. God does that. It's His church. So. The reason why we don't do that because God loves a cheerful giver. He loves a cheerful giver, and you know, and if you're worried about, you know, what about my, if I'm too generous, whatever about me, God is literally, I'm going to bless you, but you don't want to worry about that. I'm going to take care of you in all things at all times. COVID, economy, crushing inflation, I'm going to take care of you of all time. That's what God says there. Having all that you need, you'll abound in every good work, and that's the principle of giving in New Testament. That's what it is. This is what I've been teaching you guys for, for several years. Because this is what it is. It's what it really is. God moves through you to be generous with the church and others. Not just your contribution. People around you. People in your neighborhood. Do they know you as a generous person? You know? So let's pray about our contribution. Decide in your heart what you want to give. Give it cheerfully. And God will bless that. That's first. God, uh, thank you so much for uh, this freedom to be moved by you. We're so thankful for all the generosity of the disciples, God. We're so grateful for having a church and uh, being able to have a community here and, and really uh, advance and help your kingdom do awesome things with love and encouragement. Thank you for our ability to be able to hire a staff that can run our children's ministry and events and our campus ministry, God. We're just so thankful that, you know, Karen and I can serve in the church in this capacity. Uh, we're, we're definitely grateful, and feel so um, joyful about being a part of your church. God, move our hearts. You know, the heart is always stirred by a noble theme. The heart gets moved, and powerful things happen. And I pray, God, that uh, you will you will move us, and we will ask you, and you will uh, stir our, stir us in the way you want us to go. This Jesus, we pray. Amen.